1: Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com/wondery. That's rocketmoney.com/wondery. rocketmoney.com/wondery.
2: Tonight, historic flooding in Kentucky blamed for at least 19 deaths. The governor warns the death toll quote is going to be a lot higher. The desperate attempt to rescue trapped homeowners while some areas remain cut off by floodwaters and mudslides. Tens of thousands of homes are without power. Heavy rain continues to pound the region when will relief come? We will have the latest forecast. Prisoners swap with Russia, the latest on a possible deal to bring home WNBA star Brittany Greiner and Marine veteran Paul Whelan. We will have the latest details on Moscow's counteroffer. Monkeypox crisis, the Biden administration under pressure to declare a public health emergency. The U.S. leads the world with the most confirmed cases, what you need to know. Will Smith says he's sorry.
3: My behavior was unacceptable and I'm here whenever you're ready to talk.
2: The actor posts an emotional apology to Chris Rock for the onstage slap at the Oscars. Hear what Smith had to say in the nearly six minute video. Mega millions turns to mega billion. Lottery fever as hopeful players line up for a long shot chance at a billion dollar payday. 9-11 families protest Trump and the Saudi backed golf tour. Why the former president and players are accused of putting money ahead of justice. A Halloween scare from Hershey. Why the chocolate maker says trick-or-treaters could be without their favorite treats. And on the road with an update about the unlikely friendship between twins and a World War II veteran. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell,
3: reporting from the nation's capital.
2: Good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us. I'm Major Garrett, in for Nora. Tonight, the death toll in Kentucky continues to rise following what the governor called, quote, the worst flooding disaster he has ever seen. More than a dozen people are dead, including six children, and the number of victims, well, that's expected to climb. Floodwaters have wiped out entire communities in some of the poorest places in our country. Search and rescue teams, backed by the National Guard, are going door to door, frantically looking for the missing. President Biden has issued a major disaster declaration, freeing up federal money for the recovery effort. It is the latest in a string of catastrophic natural disasters this summer, floods, extreme drought and wildfires. We have a lot of news to get to tonight. And meteorologist Mike Seidel from our partners at the Weather Channel will start us off from Hindman, Kentucky. Mike, good evening. Good evening, Major. Something we don't need is any more heavy rain. that's coming down
4: now this evening right across Troublesome Creek. So aptly named because yesterday morning the water got up to where the top of my head is. Look at the debris. This big SUV flipped over in the creek. The rushing water, the power of the water. This caught many people off guard. And tonight, emergency crews are working around the clock and hoping, and find, and hoping to find and save anyone left behind. As the floodwaters in parts of southeastern Kentucky began to recede, the extent of the damage became clearer.
5: Right now it's looking like we're not going to be able to save it.
4: Entire towns have been flooded, roads destroyed, and major infrastructure, power, water, and cell phone service wiped out. There's nothing really that you can do, but, you know, we're just glad that we got out. Crews have already rescued nearly 300 people, and many more are still unaccounted for. This afternoon, Governor Andy Bashir toured the region by helicopter and later warned the death toll will go up. From everything we've seen, uh, we may be updating uh, the count of how many we lost for the next several weeks. Floodwaters triggered by torrential rain surged through the small town of Fineman, inundating the elementary school and leaving it under a thick crust of mud. Classes were to begin in less than two weeks, but not anymore.
6: The school is, is kind of the heart where everybody comes together, and so that's, it's hard.
4: Kentucky is just one of several states left reeling from severe flooding. Monsoonal rains washed through parts of Nevada, soaking unlucky gamblers on the Las Vegas Strip. Scientists say climate change amplifies these storms and the damage they leave behind. In Kentucky, recovery will be slow.
0: We're going to grieve with you.
4: We're going to support you, and we're going to be here for you—not just today, but tomorrow, and in the weeks and the and the years to come. Those search and rescue crews continue to work here in eastern Kentucky as more rain falls. It's going to be a daunting task. Some of the water is not expected to recede until
2: Saturday. Major on the scene for us, Mike Seidel. Thank you. With more rain expected across the region, let's bring in Weather Channel meteorologist Mike Bettis with a forecast. Mike, good evening.
1: Major good evening. Flooding likely to continue into the weekend after historic flooding happened earlier this week. All these locations highlighted in green or yellow on this map from Kentucky and West Virginia back into the desert Southwest could see some flooding in the desert Southwest, likely due to the monsoon there. We also know that more storms could hit across the middle of the country. Some of those storms could in times be severe. Good coverage of storms through the evening and tomorrow right into the weekend. The Ozarks across Arkansas and Missouri in particular could be hard hit. Another story that will follow into the weekend, the excessive heat force across the northwest, 100 degree heat in places like Portland, 94 in Seattle, 92 degrees in Seattle on Sunday. If we are hit above 90 degrees on Sunday, that'll make six straight days above 90, an all-time record.
2: Mike Bettis, thank you. Tonight, tense negotiations continue between the U.S. and Russia over a proposed prisoner swap. Late this afternoon, the White House slammed an apparent Russian counterproposal asking for more than just the release of the arms dealer nicknamed the merchant of death. CBS's Catherine Herridge has more.
7: In Washington, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken told reporters he urged Russia's foreign minister in strong terms to make a deal that would bring home two Americans detained there.
3: We had a frank and direct conversation.
2: I pressed the Kremlin to accept the substantial proposal that we put forth on the release of Paul Whelan and Brittany Griner.
7: Blinken made no mention of a potential and controversial prisoner swap, Former Marine Paul Whelan, who was arrested in 2018 on espionage charges, and WNBA star Brittany Griner, who recently pleaded guilty to bringing cannabis-derived oil cartridges into Russia by accident. In exchange, the notorious arms dealer Victor Boot, known as the Merchant of Death. His story inspired the 2005 film Lord of War, starring Nicolas Cage.
2: I supplied every army but the Salvation Army.
7: What should people know about Victor Boot?
3: Mr. Boot was um, uh, a major threat to our national security and someone that we considered a grave enough threat that we poured a massive amount of resources into uh, an investigation to apprehend him.
7: Former DEA agent Robert Zaharias Shavitz was part of an international team that captured boot in Thailand 14 years ago. The arms dealer was later convicted on federal conspiracy charges to kill Americans and supply weapons to a terrorist group. Zaharia Shavitz told CBS News a swap for the arms dealer would put Americans at more risk. I believe
3: we're sending the message that it is good business to deal in the, the capturing, kidnapping detaining of American citizens. I, nothing but well wishes for the families. Uh, I, I hope we can get them home. Uh, I just don't think this is the right way to go about it.
7: In a White House statement late today, a spokesperson appeared to confirm that negotiations with Moscow are getting even more complex with a new demand for the release of a Russian assassin held by another country, calling it, quote, a bad faith attempt to avoid the U.S. deal that's on the table. Major.
2: Genuine diplomatic drama. Catherine Herridge, thank you. We turn now to the worrying trends in the monkeypox outbreak. The United States now leads the world in the number of confirmed cases with more than 4,900 in 46 states and the District of Columbia. Today, Congress called on the Biden administration to declare monkeypox a public health emergency. Here is Tanya Rivero.
5: Tonight, monkeypox cases are exploding coast to coast as health officers in New York State and San Francisco have declared a health emergency as the country faces a shortage of vaccines. We have received uh, just about 12,000 doses. About 4,000 of those came just in the past few days. Dr. Susan Phillips, San Francisco top doctor, says the city needs about 70,000 doses to get a handle on the outbreak. They're calling on the federal government to ramp up vaccines, testing and treatment. And right now, who is eligible to receive a vaccine? We are really prioritizing limited vaccine to the populations that are most impacted. So that is including gay men, bisexual men, other men who have sex with men. Multiple cities are seeing long lines for vaccines. I've been waiting for four hours, <laughs>
7: four hours.
5: As demand continues to outpace supply, a growing number of states and cities are prioritizing a single dose of the two-dose GenioS vaccine, despite warnings from both the FDA and CDC that both doses are needed.
0: They're in such excruciating pain that the emergency department is the first place that they
5: come. Dr. Virat Media is on the front lines as an ER doctor in New York City, which has seen more than 1,200 cases
0: and the patients that I'm seeing are suffering uh, from pain. But then for weeks afterwards, and sometimes even longer than that, yes, this is a public health emergency. This is something that we need to have all hands on deck.
5: Starting today, more than 780,000 additional vaccines are being distributed to states as the Biden administration comes under increasing pressure to follow the lead of the WHO and declare monkeypox a national health emergency, something the White House says it is still considering. Major.
2: Tony Rivera, we thank you. Tonight, the FDA has confirmed to CBS News that Pfizer and Moderna expect to have upgraded vaccines to combat the latest Omicron variants as early as September. The Biden administration has reached an agreement with the vaccine manufacturers for more than 170 million doses. The administration says that should be enough supply for all who want upgraded booster shots this winter. Actor Will Smith has broken his silence and again apologized to comedian Chris Rock, for slapping him during the Oscars in March. This time he did so in a video message. Here is CBS's Vlad Dutier.
3: My behavior was unacceptable In a nearly six-minute Instagram video, actor Will Smith again apologized to Chris Rock for slapping him after the comedian made a G.I. Jane joke about his wife, Jada Pinkett Smith's baldness. (laughs) I've reached out to Chris, and the the message that came back is that uh, he's not ready to talk. So I will say to you, Chris, I apologize to you. Smith, who later won a Best Actor Oscar that night, also explained why he did not apologize to Rock when he returned to the stage. I was fogged out by that point. Smith went on to resign his membership in the Academy and was banned from the Oscars for 10 years. Rock has yet to respond publicly, but reportedly told the stand-up audience recently that after the slap, he shook it off and went back to work. I'm not a victim, Rock said. I don't go to the hospital for a paper cut. In today's post, Smith said he was doing personal work to address his behavior. I am deeply remorseful, and I'm trying to be remorseful without being ashamed of myself. Right? I'm human. And I made a mistake. While acknowledging the hurt and pain caused by that mistake. Smith says he remains deeply devoted and committed to putting light and love in the world. Vladimir
2: Dutier, CBS News, New York. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot has ballooned to more than one and a quarter billion dollars, making it the third largest lottery prize in U.S. history. Even with all the taxes taken out, and they've got to be taken out, all those dollars are fueling big dreams. More on all this from CBS's Adriana Diaz.
6: I can feel the winning ticket. People are feeling lucky across America tonight. All I want is to be happy and maybe retire early. (laughs) There's mega mania as Americans try their luck and long odds at winning the $1.28 billion jackpot. It's so big, it doesn't even fit on some billboards. This one had to round down. The Bamanis bought 50 tickets across their family. And if somebody wins, you're all going to split it? Yeah. That's
0: the plan. Is that in writing? No.
6: <laughs> the cash payout is almost $750 million in $100 bills. That payout stacks up taller than Chicago's Willis Tower. With that, you could buy around 2,500 Bentleys. And major real estate. This is Michael Jordan's mansion outside of Chicago. It's on the market for $15 million, so you could buy 50 of these. But it's a long shot. You're 70 times more likely to be killed by a shark than win all numbers. The jackpot odds are one out of 302 million.
2: The total number of tickets you can do, that's about 302 million.
6: With the jackpot so high and so many people playing, is it smart for someone to buy a ticket?
2: When the jackpot is big, it has no effect on your odds of winning. The little balls that roll around in the hopper are blissfully unaware of how big the jackpot is. The downside of doing it when the jackpot is big is lots of other people play, which means you have a greater chance of having to split.
6: And with inflation squeezing Americans, it's a good time to share. Crystal Dunn took part of her recent Kentucky lottery winnings and gave away gift cards at a grocery store. But not everyone's thinking that way.
4: First thing i do is probably get one of them them Lamborghinis.
6: The final jackpot's actually a bit of a moving target because it's actually based on projected sales. That's why today it went up about $200 million. Mega Millions told us that was because of stronger than expected ticket sales. Major...
2: With all the meaningful mathematics, Adriana Diaz, thank you. Still ahead on tonight's CBS Evening News, September 11th survivors protest against a Saudi-backed golf tournament on a Donald Trump property, and why this Halloween may be haunted by a shortage of sweets.
1: Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. at Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with
2: Byte. Protesters who survived or lost loved ones in the September 11th terrorist attacks rallied against the Saudi backed Live Golf tournament that kicked off today at former President Trump's golf club in Bedminster, New Jersey. The accusation Trump and the golfers were, quote, putting their heads in the sand, unquote, by ignoring evidence of Saudi Arabia's links to 9-11. Tonight, Hershey, one of the world's largest chocolate makers, is warning of a shortage of Kit Kats, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, and other sweets this Halloween, as it struggles to ramp up supply. Hershey said lack of key ingredients can be blamed, in part, on the war in Ukraine. Halloween accounts for about a 10th of Hershey's annual sales. On the Road is next, with a history lesson and a bond that spans generations. If you can't watch the CBS Evening News, you can listen. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Sponsored by Fresh Pet. So, when it comes to heroes, you couldn't find a better example than the one in our next story. CBS's Steve Hartman goes on the road with an update about our past, present, and future.
8: It all began here in Raleigh, North Carolina, one with a flurry of plastic bombshells. You sunk our battleship! As we first reported in 2015, Carter and Jack Hanson were really into battleship, which led to a family vacation to see the Yorktown, a retired aircraft carrier in Charleston, South Carolina.
0: I just realized how amazing history could be.
8: And it was about to get even better. On that same trip, the boys learned about a World War II vet named Robert Harding, who actually served on the Yorktown. They got his email address, started corresponding daily, and even put his picture by their beds. Give him the chance and they'd chew your ear off about Mr. Harding and what he did on board as a plane handler.
0: And when the plane's ready to launch, he would like go, unstrap this, and the plane would like go flying that direction.
8: The folks who run the Yorktown say a lot of kids love the ship. But no kid has ever fallen for a sailor who served here, like these two boys have fallen for Mr. Harding, which is why, for this trip, the Yorktown made special arrangements. Okay. For a surprise visitor.
0: Hey. Mr.
4: Harding. <laughs> That's right. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
8: Hugging an old salt never felt so sweet. Oh, you're a good boy. It was hard to tell who enjoyed it more or who needed it more.
3: Japanese plane. Was
8: Over the years, Mr. Harding says he'd kept most of his war stories to himself.
3: You know, where they were firing, I guess I need
4: somebody to talk to about it. It's surprising the way, the way it works out.
8: Since we first told this story, the kids have stayed in touch with Mr. Harding, sending hundreds of emails, each one signed, Your Friends and Shipmates. Once, they even turned the tables on Mr. Harding, surprising him at his house in Oklahoma. Whoever said history is irrelevant, obviously never fell in love with it.
0: We don't know about how we've changed his lives, but... We know that he obviously changed ours.
8: Steve
2: Hartman, CBS News, On the Road. Friends and shipmates, we'll be right back with, for us, the end of an era. Finally, a bittersweet goodbye to a CBS News legend. Today marks the end of an era with the retirement of longtime executive Al Ortiz. Al has spent 43 years at CBS. This includes stints as bureau chiefs for our London and Washington bureaus. He was twice the executive producer of the CBS Evening News. His most important role, however, mentor and friend. All of us at CBS News, thank you, Al. Oh, how you will be missed. And that is tonight's CBS Evening News. For Nora O'Donnell, and Major Garrett in our nation's capital. Good night. And have a great weekend.
0: If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey.
1: I've been a reporter for more than three decades, and along the way, I've been talking to myself in notebooks I've carried in my back pocket. They've captured thoughts about life, parenthood, death, friendship, and more. I'm John Dickerson, and I'd like you to join me in figuring out what these 30 years of notebooks mean. In my new podcast, Navel Gazing, each episode we dig through the piles of notebooks that I've been collecting and from their entries, try to sort out what makes a life. This collection of audio essays is available wherever you get your podcasts.